This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, May 7th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> from Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, <laughs> Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? Hey, so before we go, I just want to say that Jesse's intro sounds just like his shirt. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like okay. it. Okay. Bring it up. Let's go there. He was like, hey, Clark, hello, guys. What are you doing? Clark, turn this into the video segment that we put out on Twitter, okay? Turn this into it. Because the people need to see how respectable Jesse looks. Jesse is wearing a collared button-down shirt for the first time in probably seven years. So, well, Oh, man, Jesse Jesse looked like well, yeah, Ned okay, Flanders. Or, 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 <laughs> he like, that boy like Tom Sawyer is speaking. Yeah, at- okay, fine. I'm, di- I'm, I'm going yeah, to ditch the shirt. To make it more casual, Jesse just put on a, 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 a hat. A he turned his hat backwards. Turned his hat so backwards. Now, he looks now like, he looks like he's like- for the little rascals. <laughs> Like, bro, you look like Dennis the Menace, dog. I ain't gonna hold yeah, you. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> oh my god. You guys gosh. are making me very you guys are everything I do and I get more self-conscious. Okay, real talk. Real talk here. Okay. I up until up until very, very recently, I was I was working on like I look, I mean, this is documented. You go back in IG stories. I was working on little beard, you know, going and just look, lean it. I got my second vax and I'm like out back into the world. I want to make a good impression. Okay. So forgive me because I take this recording. <laughs> yes, clearly. I, I would before this, before this, I was in a t-shirt with bedhead. Okay. And nobody cared, but I'm like, you know what? I, I, I need to, I need to step up my game. The, the people are getting back out in the wild, yeah. going to restaurants and doing things again. When's the last time you guys wore button down well, shirts? I'll tell you the truth. Okay? This is the truth. So, I'm working from home the, now and I have one button down shirt that I keep available for meetings. And so like I'll throw the button down shirt on over the t-shirt for the meeting with the client and then I'll go back to my t-shirt. I remember I remember years ago I was at I was at some meeting or something with somebody and they were like, "Hey, shut the door behind you." And I noticed they had a tie and a blazer <laughs> on the back <laughs> of the door. It. And I was like, why do you have a tie in the blazer on the back of the door? He's like, well, I usually wear dress shirts. And I figured, you know, I've been called to stuff or someone will want to pop by my office where I just need to throw that on. It's always there. It's the one that belongs to the office. This is a plain. Look, you, you guys are acting like I'm wearing a, 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 a tuxedo shirt and a cummerbund here. Okay. I mean, you really are looking like more and more like the senior pastor visiting the youth group and trying to relate to the young people. No, I am not a senior pastor visiting the youth group. I'm the bad boy in the back on my phone that the pastor feels like he needs to call out for something. That's me. I am not senior pastor material. And if that's what this dress shirt does, I'm going to come next week in a tank top. Oh, yes. Remember last summer? Top. La- yes. Remember last summer before we went He's video? Got the guns out. Yeah, it was suns out, guns out. Derek Miner was recording tank t- in a tank top most of the weeks last summer. Hey, look, he was like, I'm, t- I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling y'all right now. I've been intermittent fasting. And if if things go the way I hope they go. You know, I've already lost a little weight. I'm doing, once I get my certain target weight, I'm doing the whole show with my shirt off. I'm just letting y'all know. That's it. I'm, just letting, I'm just letting everybody know. I believe that God is impeding my uh, weight loss endeavors because if I get back to basketball shape, 
Mm-hmm. Like, no lie. I'm not going to world's lie. not I'm ready ne- for it. I'm yeah. never You're not wearing even a shirt. shirt all summer. I'm yeah. never wearing a shirt <laughs> with never wearing one. It's not happening. It's ironically, going, it's, it's over. ironically, I'm wearing a Derek Minor shirt right now. Like literally his name oh, is on my body. On. We, uh, hey. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we all, we all bought uh Derek Miner's apology shirt, the word sorry on a bar of soap. And uh, mine great. came, mine came the other day. It's comfortable. It's quality. And uh, the back amazing. of me says copyright Derek Miner. And I'm telling you, Derek, this has come in handy already. This mm. morning, oh, yeah. I already was talking to somebody and just pointed at the logo on my chest. <laughs> Just sorry. Oh, you know, just, sorry. Just sorry. Oh. It's like, this is great. This is great. This is a tool, man. You're making society better one shirt at a time. Man, man. I'm just happy that I'm able to contribute to, you know what I'm saying? Contribute to society in this way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm really, really, like really hitting my stride here. I feel like this might be the next wave. Derek, do you have a version of this shirt that is maybe more appropriate for professional settings? Something with a smart <laughs> button down and a pretty new and, and a neutral color that pretty much goes with anything. Do you Jesse, think that you could You want um, an embroidered logo, a sorry Jesse, logo on a golf shirt? Don't don't play with me, Jesse, because I will go literally make one, bro. Do Let's not, go do it. Do not play with me, bro. I'll literally make one. Bro. He wants like a Lacoste shirt, but instead of an alligator, the sorry <laughs> bar. Do imagine, <laughs> look, imagine, imagine I, okay, I'm going to throw a scenario and then you just run with it. Okay. Imagine I need apparel that if I manage like the Apple section right. of a Best Buy, you know, I got to look kind of mm. cool, but I'm still working at Best Buy. So I got you. It's gotta, I, got I can't you. go too far off the blue khaki right. thing. Right. So that's, right. that's right. your mission. The Apple section of a Best Buy, I manage it. I get you some cufflinks too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, I, you, I don't know if you heard. If you're a Christian, you know this. This week, this past a few days ago, just a few days ago, Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship collaborated for a huge live album release. It's called Old Church Basement. And joining us today on the show is kind of the lead, I guess. I know it's a huge ensemble collaboration, Naomi and Dante and all the others, but Chandler Moore is joining us um to talk about the new album we also for our quarter life conversation have uh, one of our favorite authors john acuff is joining us um he's got some advice for 20 somethings on how to uh, silence their inner critics and retrain our inner voice to encourage and not discourage mental health that's coming up later as well we also have a what's jesse thinking at the end of the show you will not want to miss stay tuned right now it's slices listening to Cannon's song is Bad Dream. Today's show is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. You can enjoy clean ingredients. You can trust seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Uh, everything comes pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box. So you can feel great 
about what you're eating and how it got to your table. I let me tell you this: Green Chef has literally changed my life. I got sent a box a few weeks ago because they were sponsoring the podcast, and the food was unbelievable and it's so healthy you can select keto oh. paleo gluten-free if you want you the menu options are fantastic but everything's organic and it comes in sustainable packaging so anyway i cooked the the three meals and just had a great time i liked it so much i went online subscribed i'm now a paying customer of green chef i my son likes healthy food now I find myself watching last night. I was up late watching Gordon Ramsay's masterclass on cooking techniques because I'm in. I upgraded all my pots and pans like Green Chef has changed my life. I love it. Anyway, hey, right now they are doing a great deal for relevant podcast listeners. You can go to greenchef.com slash 90 relevant and use code 90 relevant, which I did uh, to get $90 off your first order, including free shipping. So go to greenchef.com slash 90 relevant and use code 90 relevant to get $90 off. They are the number one meal kit for eating well. Jesse, do you cook at all? Do I uh, terribly? I grill sometimes, but I'm an awful cook. I, 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 ramen. Ramen is kind of my game right now. My wife is the greatest cook of all time. And I take I, this. This green chef food is so delicious and beautiful. I take pictures of all my meals now. I don't post them because I don't want to be that guy. But like, I, I'm telling you, I love cooking all of a sudden. Like it's so great. you're cooking, it. you're cooking these meals. Like you're making these gourmet Dude, meals. You're, you're you're slicing and dicing, and you've got all these. They send these, you know, great ingredients, fresh, organic. Everything's picked for you. But you're cooking. I mean, you're prepping. You're making the sauces. You're doing all the stuff. You know. And what the one thing is is they'll be like, "This is a twenty minute meal, right?" And I'm like, fifty eight <laughs> minutes into it, going. <laughs> Uh, who? Who is? Because I'm like, but it's a good thing. This carrot. I love it. See, I love it. But I'm like, I'm not Gordon Ramsay. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm doing it, but I'm just doing it a little slower, you know. See, I let yeah. my kids cook those meals because they have all the directions. I'm like, guys, here, yeah. go make dinner, and I, they can I do had, it. I had an idea. I had an idea for a meal delivery service where it, you know, because I've been watching during COVID. I like watching Chef's Table. I feel like you get a little culture. Mm-hmm. You kind of learn something. They're always fine. It's, it's beautifully mm-hmm. shot. You know, it's a little oh, vacation. It's, it's a little, yeah. little, little sixty-minute vacation, right, to some exotic right, place right. where they're sure. you know grilling up you know artisan squid or something. But I want to make one where it's like you get it, and it's like okay, now I got to turn this fish into edible bubbles, right? Like really high end, weird like stuff, or, or like he. <clears throat> Here is a for the a average can- consumer a meal kit delivery service that does this. Yeah, chef, yes. like a chef's where table chef's branded. Table. Mm. Yes, where where like it's you, not- Cameron, have to yeah. do this. <laughs> where I'm like making those smoke bombs, where it's like the right. thing is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. 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 nailed it. it takes you yeah exactly it's basically the game show nailed it but it it would it would be a meal kit where it takes about five and a half hours uh in some cases you're aging (laughs) in some cases you're aging parmesan and it requires that you have an old barn out back but it's a very sophisticated (laughs) meal plan or an old cow too there you go i'm telling you (laughs) green chef is great all right it's time for slices okay what do you have jesse well, you know, I, I really, I, I don't like being the guy that like makes fun of companies for trying interesting things. Okay, um, but look, there are some ideas. You canceled Steakums are, a few weeks ago. 
you canceled them that, because they they're that Twitter. I do not shut regret. up and sizzle. That, shut up and yeah, sizzle. Exactly. You're closed minded. You're getting crotchety in your old age, man. I'm not. I'm trying to say stake them. Stay just stay out of the science thing. Like they're picking beefs with scientists for no reason. Like uh-huh. that's that was my thing with stake them. Okay. I got no people to stay in their lane is the same as sitting on your porch and telling kids to stay off your lawn, man. You're getting old. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, I, I'm fine yelling at Stakem. I'm not going to yell at a 10-year-old, but uh, <laughs> Stakem had it coming, and everyone knows it. Uh, but speaking of companies that have it coming, Expedia, the travel company. And look, man, I feel bad for the tra- for a lot of travel companies because they've had a hard time during COVID. And the last yeah. thing I want to do is clown them. But I mean, sometimes they tee up a joke for like jokes for you that you're just like, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Expedia. But this sounds like the worst idea I have. It might be the the worst marketing idea I've ever heard. Okay. Oh wow. So Sp- Expedia understands that people are very hesitant to get out back there and book hotels and especially flying that people are having a lot of anxiety, you know, because for a lot of people, this is be, you know, coming this summer will probably be the first time they got on a plane all year. And so Expedia mm-hmm. was like, how can we make people comfortable to travel and therefore use our service? Like, what could we do to draw people back in? Well, first, we need to partner with a celebrity, right? And to their credit, they found someone that I feel like was a pretty safe pick. There's not a lot of people that got Joe Jonas beef, right? Like, the, the youngish people, you know, they know Joe Jonas. Our, you know, parents, they know the Joe Bros. So, hey, not bad, I guess, if, if you're trying to. It's, it's like, okay, so we got Joe Jonas on board. He's going to help us, Expedia, get people back back into airlines. All right. How can we help? How can Joe Jonas help our customers? What if? Every time you say Joe Jonas, it's I hear Jojo. Like you're saying Jojo. <laughs> how little Jojo going to help our customers? Jojo. <laughs> Jojo. I wonder if he was called Jojo as a kid. He had to have been. Why would his parents do that? Like Jojo Joseph Joe Jonas bro. is no better either. Jo- Jojo. You don't like Jojo? Joe, it's just like it doesn't go well together. What if, what Come on, parents. If, what if he was? What if he was JoJo Joe Jonas? <laughs> what if That's he was a lot JoJo Joe's Joseph Jonas? JoJo Joseph Jonas. Either way, <laughs> Joseph JoJo Jonas has signed on to help Expedia make travel make customers more uh, comfortable. Now, intuitively, if I were, if if I was the marketing executive and they said, "Hey, Joe Jonas is on board. We have to make people more comfortable." I would say, "Hey, Joe Jonas, why don't we commission a, a song that's just about mm-hmm. in this together? Some sort of way to relieve anxiety." That would be my suggestion. That's his lane. That's his lane. He knows it. The executives at Expedia came up with a different idea. That is, what if we gave customers a severed Joe Jonas hand that they could hold during the entirety of their travel? And sure enough, that got that got went up the flagpole and Expedia has announced their helping hand promotion. I'm going to read right from the Expedia site. We know travel can be stressful at times, especially right now. Expedia and Joe Jonas have come together to offer you a helping hand, a symbol of support as you get ready to ease your way back into traveling again. Now, what do they mean by a helping hand? Do they mean that metaphorically? No. They have 3D printed (laughs) Joe Jonas's hand, severed it, had him autograph them and are giving them away for free on their website right now. Now it's limited to a few hundred, but they appear to have lots of Joe Jonas hands just that are going unclaimed right now, which is honestly not that shocking. 
Who's going to walk around an airport with an autographed, severed Joe Jonas hand? Okay? Who's going to feel any more comforted by this? If anything, you're making the travel experience much more anxiety riddled because (laughs) I'm already feeling weird with someone in close proximity to here. I've been social distancing for a year. The last thing I want to see is some anxious Expedia customer sitting next to me holding a severed hand. And I know that that hand was 3D printed off of a model of Joe Jonas. And and I know no one thought this was weird. Like the same people oh I'm gosh. trusting my life to get on this tube that's going to be flying to oh, my sky yeah. are adjacently doing business with a company that thought, let's sever a pop star's hand and just give it to people for comfort reasons. There's a lot about this idea that just doesn't check out. I mean, I kind of appreciate the novelty of it, but the thing is, this is not tongue in cheek. Okay. This is, if you go yeah. to, are you sure? listen to me for anyone they might maybe they'll if they they might change the website because this is ridiculous but if you go to helpinghand.expedia.com this is a thousand percent earnest okay like there is nothing about this that is jokey at all that picture looks like it's an ad for a dentist or something it's like they're just happy walking on the beach a helping hand every step of the way they are not joking around Wait, where's his hand? That's the thing. It's it, down it, on the bottom where the sign up form is. It says <gasps> you're in good hands and there's a hand right there. It's a Joe Jonas hand. Hold on, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking of like some like kind of paper mache thing you just throw in your backpack. This looks like, like, no, you a, hold like the hand. a trophy. You hold Joe Jonas's hand as you travel. It is a severed replica of Joe Jonas's hand. Okay, he will sign it for you. <laughs> Okay, just to, just to reiterate how sincere this is, can I read a quote from Joe Jonas? I'm going to read a and real people quote. People should hurry. There's only 250 of these. I'm, sh- I'm shocked. This is crazy. Okay, I'm going to read a quote from Joe Jonas. Hey, white people crazy, bro. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, Derek, you have you you say that statement about once a show, like yes. oh, that's a white person thing or whatever. I have never seen a whiter thing than this. So. But they also here. Here's my question hey, to you: Pay like, me to make a mold out of my hands. Nobody want no black hands, man. Come on, no, man. But here's the thing: the hand is black. The hand that is in the, the actual. It's, <laughs> that's it's that's it's right. A, it's, so they it's put a, Joe Jonas's hand in blackface, dog. Blackface. Oh, it's oh a black hand. This is the idea. Oh it's almost. <laughs> hey, here's a theory. Here's a theory. Do you guys oh, think? Yeah. Do you guys think that somehow that somehow the people at Expedia came like like somehow they got a box of like black mannequins and they're like, well, what are we going to do? Let's find a way to let's find a way to part these out in in, in different ways. And they're like, it's not dark brown. It's not. It's actually black. It's not like human skin. tone. That's what I'm saying. Oh, but it still so seems bad. problematic. It still seems problematic to me. Like if so you're going to make a replica, uh, anyway, I'm not going to get caught up on <gasps> on some of the design decisions here. Well, I would like to read a quote from Joe Jonas in case you think this is this is tongue in cheek or that this is some sort of joke. Okay, they are take them. Expedia and Joe Jonas seem to be a thousand percent serious on this thing. Okay. Uh Like I'm waiting for the big reveal, but it's just not happening. Here's what he said in a press statement. I've spent so much of my life on the road, touring the world and playing in virtually every major city. Traveling has always been a personal passion of mine, but after more than a year spent at home, I'm eager to get back out there. 
I know that travel is better when I have a great companion to explore with. Expedia gets that too. I'm excited to team up with them to help people feel confident about traveling the world again, wherever they are, by lending a helping hand. So the severed hand statue is 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 you having somebody with you while you go travel. That's not so somebody, bad. Not somebody. You have Joe Jonas, specifically oh his severed right hand. So, oh my gosh. Well, hey, this right here, this is why... We have started doing video clips. Go follow us on the Relevant Podcast Twitter account, and you will see that you can watch this slice, and you will see what we're talking about. It is everything that's in your head right now if you're just listening to the podcast. But Derek, you seem completely aghast at this whole situation. Look, man. Hey, look where I'm at with it. This is one of them white people things. Y'all gonna have to figure this one out on y'all <laughs> own. I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. Derek, have you seen those Instagram <laughs> things of like, tell me you're a, a, a sibling without telling me without you're a sibling, right? Telling you me know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tell me, tell me that Expedia's board is completely white without telling me that Expedia's board is completely white. It's Joe Jonas' hands. <laughs> the Joe Jonas idea. Yeah. So the thing is, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's just bizarre. Like I, I'm it's like, so I don't know what to do with this. It has zero usefulness. It's like a statue. It's got a pedestal. I think it would be better if, like, when you boarded the plane, you're like, hey, we have a funny gift for you. And it's like a hand fan or something. That's, like, funny. This is like a thing you would put on your office desk. This is weird. It's a joke. It's it's, it's a joke for real. It's a joke, bro. Like, they're 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 going to donate money, $100,000. They're they're doing, like, what I do all the time. And it's when. Oh, this is a sorry t-shirt? Yes. I joke with a straight face. No, I'm actually sorry. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> he's sorry that his twi- his Instagram followers can't take a joke. That's what he's sorry about. <laughs> I just said I'm sorry. I just said I'm sorry. <laughs> he was on CBS. He was on CBS this morning promoting this, and he didn't seem to be joking to me. Okay, this seems like a sincere yeah. effort. If I get a couple Joe Jonas hands, you know what I'm going to do though? I'm going to do like Chubbs in um, uh, Happy Gilmore, and just like put it at the end of a sleeve, so that like when I shake people's hand, it's a weird autographed Joe Jonas right hand be Dude, like listen Jesse yes. I'd be like I'd be like this man I was in a I was yes. in an industrial I was in an industrial accident uh when I was a roadie for Joe Jonas <laughs> like an amp fell on me and crushed my he hand signed it. and look the, I will say this about the Joe bros they hooked me up with a new hand now it's not functional but it is signed <laughs> by Joe there, I'll tell you, I know Jesse will do this if he wins one because, you know, in those uh, truck stops all around the South where they sell the, the severed uh, alligator paws, claws, you know, the real ones, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? So yeah. Jesse, Jesse <laughs> got one of those and put it at the end of his hoodie sleeve and put like a dollar bill in it and went up to pay at the truck stop with the little alligator claws in his hand. It was a, <laughs> so messed up. Even worse. Even worse, in high school, we were at a grocery <laughs> store and they were selling like saran wrap, like pig's feet, you know, like you can grill them oh, or, no. you know, I guess. And, but they're very like fleshy. Okay. Yeah. I know about pig feet. Yeah. Uh, uh, the foot, a raw foot of a pig. Well, we uh-huh. brought one of the, cause that, this is, this is horrible and disgusting, but <laughs> that is basically the fleshy consistency of a human hand. Okay. Yeah. It is yeah. It, it, because the alligator looks like, oh man, that, that hand really right. kind of shriveled up there. Like, right. and, and grew some weird fingernails. The, the pig foot is, it looks like a, just a very odd appendage. And we mm-hmm. would like put gum up on the counter and be like, oh, here with our like, 
human hand be like oh here you go here's some gum and they're like oh it's you know a dollar 80 and we would give them the dollar you said 80 we would count out 80 or, or like 79 and we'd be like oh hang on i got it right here and I have a penny just jammed in the pig toes and be like here you go, here you go. it's right there it's right there what a pay for this Gross. come on expedia oh, yeah. you should know these jokes yeah. Oh, that's the next one is fleshy pig feet. Uh, yes. uh, helping hand yeah. campaign. All right. What do you have, Derek? All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that while, you know, I, I, I had to research this and make sure that I'm not lying on these people because right now this is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so Dominion dating. Oh, wait, this is mine too, Derek. Can we co-author it? Oh, this is funny. No, okay, well then you run your thing. <laughs> no. I didn't know you was going to go. No, you run. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in behind you. All right, oh, so man. Dominion. I got thoughts. <laughs> Dominion dating wants a dating site for mm-hmm. men who think, who need women to know their places at home. So in order for women to sign up for this, you must commit that you are, are going to reject careerism and you're not going to work. You're going to be barefoot and pregnant at the house. So I'm just wondering, is this a dating site for serial killers? Uh, like this is some odd, this is an odd, that is an odd criteria to say, hey, listen, as like, I just went through the website. I read the mission statement. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, Did you notice down the fine print at the very bottom, copyright 2021 Southern Baptist Convention? Did you see that? Did no, not say that. Stop <laughs> playing with me. Stop I'm it. Joking. He's I lying. didn't get that far. You no, stop no, playing with no, me. He's lying. lying right now. He's I'm lying. Okay. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just, I thought that was, I just thought it was odd. I, I'm, I'm like, what? Like, there's a lot of criteria. I took a deep dive today. Okay, Jamie, oh, yeah, what, what did you say? Flesh it out for me. What is it? Okay, so I will say I took a deep dive today, and I listened to some of their podcasts, and I and I want... Whoa, they have podcasts? Oh, you listen to the podcast? I listened to three episodes. They were on speed and a half for 32 minutes each. Is it, is it men only on it, or is there... No, him and his wife are on it. The founder, the founder, his wife, is oh. on it. Uh, but I do not find it ironic that their very first show aired on January 6th. Anyone else see that? Is anything ironic? about that oh no oh my stop playing i'm playing with you i saw it so they they aired the show and he also oh i did a deep dive because there's a blog they mentioned relevant because i think that you guys talked about them in uh on your webpage this week and they're kind of like giggling about it and they want to make it clear that this is not just a dating site for men who think this but it's for men and women who both think this so they want to go back to dominion they they use that word over and over again about dominion and they get it from genesis i think it's 128 has nothing mm-hmm. to do with dominion of men over women but it is just men and women it's about over the earth have and dominion the over the creation. earth right yeah, this is yeah. before the fall all those things but they really this is one thing that really bothers me i'm gonna get all heated because i just had sam alberry on my podcast do you guys know who he is mm-hmm Oh, he's so good. But he has a book out called Seven Myths About Singleness. And these people at this dominion, they rat, they take people and just like make them sound so dumb if they say singleness is a gift and some people are just called to be single. And they say that that's wrong and against God's word. And that is not truth at all. And so is that like, what Paul said? He wished yes. everybody was like him. Paul was single. single. Our savior, Jesus was single. Um, and they um, say Paul, that it like, is advocated like, that you only get married because you can't keep it in your pants. Like it, ideally you would stay single, yes. but if you got to do that, then get married. That's what and Paul this said. guy 
on the podcast said that he got married later in life. And as he was single, he was depressed. He was um, struggling with sexual sin, not sin. Because his hands were sweaty. His hands were sweaty. The, it was just like the worst time of his life. He was and then a terrible he, traveler. He was a terrible traveler. He, he needed and some then, hand yes. to hold. And then Joe Jonas. <laughs> yes. They should work together. Um, and so he, the, the guy that found it, his name's Brandon and his wife, she was like an actress and a model before. But now that she's found Jesus, she knows that her place is in the home. But why did he allow her to be on the podcast? That's technically work for the oh, business. Oh, 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 oh. You can I do mean, that there kind of work. Are, they are way against women working at all, which is not biblical at all. Women funded Jesus's ministry. Proverbs 31 woman. She's out working. She's funding things. And so I, I went too far this morning with this guy. No, I, I think it's very interesting. I also think, um, you know, uh, man, dominion's a word that's really uh, taking a turn in culture. I mean, from, vo- from voting machines to dating apps. Seems like kind of a hot one right now. We'll stay away from that one for just a little while. I guess, like, I'm, I'm just surprised that there's a market demand for this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I think, like the Joe Jonas thing, it's, it's like, I, I find it like amusing from the fact that, like, you, you know, someone, these, these people thought that this was something that was needed. Um, but I also, I'm speaking from the perspective of a dude who is, who I can think it's funny because it doesn't really. It, it's not emblematic of the way people think about me. You know, Jamie, obviously, not only being a woman, but being a wife and mom and someone who's known as a leader, someone who is a leader in in ministry, someone who is an influential in, uh, you know, in thought leadership. And makes you know, a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. That that is again. You you are are known as you as a person, but also your for your career as well. And so it's easy for for me or or people in my situation to just kind of laugh at it and think, oh, this is so weird and and, and you know goofy. But what is your you know kind of below the surface? You know, how do you see this as kind of emblematic of things that you've encountered as a woman in ministry and just mm. it's just a woman in general. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't feel this pressure from people. I have a church that supports me. I have a husband that supports me. Like I haven't felt some of the things that my um, counterparts of women in ministry have felt. And so that happens. It's true. It's real. We're wanting to take back the Christian culture is what he's saying, you know, and we want to take them back. And he says our biggest critics are not like feminists. Yeah. <laughs> our biggest critics are not feminists. He said our biggest critics are people who are soft complementarians. And listen, I, I do hold. I don't even know what that is. What is a soft complementarian? Right. Down. Well, I don't want to speak because I'm not that smart on this, but like I hold to the truth, like in my church and what I see when I read scripture is that the pastor and elder would be a man in our church. Okay. My husband's a pastor uh-huh. and an elder. So, but that doesn't keep me from, I'm not, I can teach people. I can stand up and teach in front of a man at my church if I wanted to, but that's just how it looks at our church. And he actually said, those are the people who are giving us the most pushback because they're so kind of wishy-washy, which I don't think it's wishy-washy, but he thinks it is. That's where that stands. Yeah. He's talking Um, to contemporary Baptists. I mean, like I grew up in the charismatic world where, I mean, yeah, women are in ministry. Female pastors are fine. And, and evangelists, all the, all the other, I actually like, when I learned about the Southern Baptist theology, I was like, wait, what? Like to me, it's just like, it's a foreign concept that women aren't equal to men in ministry and in it always. 
Well, but, and I would say too, like that's where it's different. Like you'll find it in different contexts, you know, like I yeah. travel around, I've spoken on churches stages. And so my husband's like, oh, you can't do that. No way. Of course not. But you'll even see differences in like at my mm-hmm. particular church that I attend, the only thing that a woman that they see would be held to a man would be eldership and pastor. Anything else is fair game. And you'll go to another church where they're like, oh, a woman can't even stand on a stage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How the difference is like that. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, but th- I mean, th- this thing that Dominion's tapping into, I mean, this stream, it's fringe, but this stream exists in all theologies. I mean, like in the Pentecostal world, there's like the Pentecostal holiness kind of end of things where the women don't wear makeup and they grow their hair long. They look kind of Amish, you know, they would be along this line of thinkings. There's the quiverful movement, like the Duggars, you know, they would be this along this that. line of yeah. thinking, you know, like, so this exists and they probably feel underrepresented in modern culture and Christian culture. And so, you know, you kind of see this pushback of kind of like the fringe. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, look, there's dating sites for everything. Like I was up at one in the morning watching Why are you TV. On dating and sites I, at are you one on a dating morning? site at one in the morning? N- don't no, do that. I was. You didn't let me finish what I said. I was up <laughs> at one a.m. watching TV, yeah. and a commercial for Farmers Only came oh, yeah. on, and it oh, was yeah. just literally a dating site for farmers. So I've been like, I've been a like, member for four years. I'm looking for a good farmer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying let them have their site. The riches are in the niches. That's what that's what I've always been told. The riches are in the niches. So I see you're saying, Derek, they can do it. The thing that bothers me the most is the way that their rhetoric is. God says marriage is the number one thing. And just from a theological standpoint, that's a not true. true. And B, it's it's demeaning to people who are faithful followers of Jesus who will never be married or never bear children, either by choice or not by choice. And that's okay. They are by choice, Jamie. (laughs) <laughs> but but I mean, you know, like, it's just like they are great additions to the kingdom and marriage is not better than singleness. And they would say that that's heresy. And that's what bothers me the most. So, and that, but I'm saying, would you expect a, a, a website called Dominion Dating that be, would you be elect, expect them to have any rhetoric other than that? Like, no. like for me, I'm kind of like, like I've got to the point where and maybe I'm just cynical and jaded, but I've got to the point where I'm just like, look, I'm not fighting nobody. If you want to believe that. Then I'm not gonna fight you. Y'all just long as you over in your corner and all the weirdos, then we cool. Like it like for me, that's where I'm at. Cause I'm probably a weirdo to people. They probably think I'm crazy. I'm mm-hmm. Derek. You know what I'm saying? I, I I joke on people like if you look at my comments, people are baffled by the fact that I'm a Christian and I, you know, I, I say a couple dirty words every now and again. I have some pretty nice adult drinks at 37. That obviously that's odd. You know what I'm saying for people, but I guess I'm a weirdo to people. So like for me, I'm just like, well, if y'all keep y'all weird over there and I keep my weird over here, then <laughs> we'll be cool. You know what I'm saying? I like, guess the it we, is, the yeah. problems happen where we cross our weirds. Like let's not cross weirds no more. Like let's keep our weirds. Cro- uncrossed, you know, what be saying? unequally yoked. We don't want to cross. Yeah, weirds. Let's keep our weirds uncrossed. But 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 to Jamie's point, like I do feel like this is this is a line of thinking that is still pervasive, and I think yeah. it's easy to forget just how pervasive. Look, I mean, we have a ministry uh, uh, that was mm-hmm. a major cultural force in this country called Focus, not Focus on the Gospel, not Focus on God. It was called Focus on the Family. Okay, like. When I read the teachings of Christ and he says, hey, when someone says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he says, but he's like, hey, can I just go tell my family they're at my dad's funeral? Nope. If that's your priority, 
Family was an idol for that guy, right? Okay, well, 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 hold on. I hear you, and you're making a very good point. But about that organization in particular, they their focus as a ministry was to minister to families to help parents raise their children to love the Lord and then all that. And so when I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's there's ministries that focus on men's issues and women's issues and stuff. So but 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 their their focus is so it, it, like I feel like their focus is it, it, they they also be, had like a political alignment where they drifted. It, but I'm saying yeah. like when they when it started to minister to families and parents and teach and equip how to have a Christ-centered home. There's nothing wrong there, with that. You're right. There is nothing wrong with what they're there, doing. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with, but there's implications to their. But there's impl- mm, yeah, there's implications. There's new leadership. There's new leadership, and I've been out to focus. But this is what I yeah, have to say too. about that, which is what I think is the thing that we need to see here as well. Is that I think when the pe- when the pendulum string uh, swung, like moral majority, 80s night. Remember, everything was like. I no, thought you said strang when the pendulum strang. strang. Family, family, family. Family. That's great. Like, I love family. Uh, my husband and I just wrote a book on marriage. Like, I think marriage is important. How dare you? I know, right? But here's the thing is I think so many times uh-huh. our churches <laughs> began to say, we, if you're single, we don't really have a place for you here. Like, what yeah. if you're 35 and single? What ministry do I go to? Who's he right. preaching to in the morning? And so I think what that. You, hey, Jamie, what if you're 45 and single? Exactly. I mean, it what just doesn't matter. Because I think that what I'm saying is I want our churches to say, hey, we need everybody in the church. Single people need married people and married people need single people. So when we start to say marriage is the ultimate goal in your life, that's not scriptural. It's not truth. And it leaves out a lot of people. And that's what I don't like about what they're doing. I I was going to say, Jamie, I think that that's the last sentence that you clued in on is the one that where, where I land. I'm like, look, there's people that that works for them where. The wife stays at home, yeah. raises the kids. That's great. And there's people where that doesn't work for them. So if you have a site that says, hey, you know, this, we're going after this niche of people who work there's this way. Riches and the niches. Fine. The issue is when you begin to say the thing I'm passionate about. God has said, if you do not land here, then you have sinned. And it's right. like, no, that's not that you can't properly define that you're not going to twist the bible into into pretzels to try to make you know what i'm saying quote everything out of scripture say that like what i wish christians a lot of times would just be like hey i think this is how this this should go but hey this is just from my interpretation i could absolutely be wrong there's just we just hold or not we a lot of people in christianity hold everything with a tight fist and i was always told by a mentor he was like, you got to hold certain things with a tight fist and put everything else with a loose fist. And he's like, yo, Jesus is 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 the Messiah. Hold that with a tight fist. Yahweh is God. Hold that with a tight fist. Should women be at home or should they be working? You got to put that in the loose fist box because mm. it's a different dispensation. Life is different and there's no biblical law. Mm. You will not go through the first five books because if we talk about and this is an issue again with Christians, there's no real definition of sin. If you go ask a hundred Christians what a sin is, they will tell you a hundred different answers. But if you go look at what the biblical language is, a sin is transgressing the law. So there's no law that says women cannot work. There's not one anywhere in the Bible. You're not going to find that. That was a cultural thing back then uh, during a certain time. We're in a different time now. 
And I think you can hold that with a loose fist, but we can't be. I mean, last thing, last thing I want to say, I also think it's very privileged to have this stance because Amen. most people in the world do not have this option. Jamie, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, there was a study released this past week that showed for the first time, well, for the second time in all of American history, for the first time in in recent history, the America America has had a decline in population growth. Right. That's I a listen very, to it on the daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's very significant. And part of the, the, the reason anecdotally that they've identified, there's a lot of different reasons, but one, uh, you know, a lot of families right now, men and, and women are, uh, saddled with student debt. Um, you know, the same voices that will champion, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but look, I don't think this is much of a stretch. They're called dominion dating, but like the same forces that, you know, encourage women to stay at home and not join the workforce are often the ones that discourage social safety nets so that families that can be an option for families that's more reasonable. You know, you know, there, there isn't you know, there aren't subsidies for preschool right now. There aren't, you know, the, the cost of having a child is enormous, right? Like there are all these things that if beyond just t- giving people a dating app or, you know, teaching them what they believe theologically is is true, what about for all of the families that this is not the, a practical reality for them is not to have both parents working? Like mm-hmm. what, well, if that's the case, what is being done and which do you believe more? Your, you know, so political principles or the principles of, you know, uh, you know, your dominion theology, not that you have to believe, but I'm just saying like, there's a cognitive dissidence that happens with a lot of these voices that fails to acknowledge the practical realities that a lot of families feel. A lot of families might feel like, hey, I want to be at home or my wife wants to be at home, but I can't. And unless they're willing to acknowledge those issues, which are, like I said, childcare, debt, uh, some sort of subsidizing for childbirth or some sort of healthcare that is that paternity leave, like things like that, unless they're willing to acknowledge those issues, I don't really see this changing, you know, or it being even an option for people. Yep. So true. I grew up in a home where my parents worked together. My dad's the president. She's the CFO. They launched and ran the company. They had a, they, my mom is a shark in business and terrifying and you do not want to cross her. But our home life was balanced where my, you know, my dad was the head of the house and stuff like that. It was just an interesting thing. Like, so it never even occurred to me that women can't lead. Women can't work and also be a good wife and mom. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it was an interesting upbringing. And it's like, it's crazy to me that there's people out there that think that women are lesser than and have to be relegated essentially to one role and one role only. It's like do what God's called you to do. And if he's called you to be home, be home. And if he's called you to go, you know, lead a nation, lead a nation, you know, I mean, no, everybody has a that's calling. That's not how that works, Cameron. Yeah. I'm sorry, God but... said, God said for everybody to believe exactly how I believe. Right. And if that's you right. don't believe, I believe right. it's a sin. That's what yep. God said. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't care what you're talking about. All that stuff sounded good. And that's why we have 37,000 denominations because nobody, every everybody <laughs> knows things that they figured it out. Let me start yep. a denomination. Yep. All right. God said it. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices.
Got a little, you, you guys double teaming a, a slice turned into a 30 minute segment. Good, you I go. like it. That was good. I like that it. was good. All right. Well, we just solved all the cultural Clark, issues. Clark, just delete the whole Joe Jonas hand thing because I really feel like I dragged <laughs> a substantive conversation down with a continued riff on a celebrity severed We need hand. them both. We need them both. That's, that's the relevant podcast. The Joe Jonas hand. <laughs> And Joe Jonas's hands to God's ears. No, I no, did no, not, no. Mean not to... just the Joe Jonas hand. The Joe Jonas hand and blackface. Black hand is that a thing? Black hand. Let's coin it. We just made <laughs> black hand. Just so black many, hand. so many weird decisions went into that campaign. A lot so, of weird decisions. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, Chandler Moore joins us. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On the break, you were listening to Big Pig. The song is Feels Right. Well, two of the biggest names in modern worship music, Maverick City Music and uh, Elevation Worship, have collaborated for a brand new, highly anticipated live album called Old Church Basement. It combines their creative talents and passion for leading people in worship. Uh, the music is electric. It's encouraging. It's anointed. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen... Have you seen the videos that are going around of the recording and stuff? It's so cool. It's just great. I love what they're doing. Well, Maverick City Music's Chandler Moore joins us uh, to tell us about how the partnership came together, how collaboration can be key to opening new directions, both creatively and spiritually, and why he believes the church's future is less about protecting their way of doing things and more about inviting people to a much bigger table. Now, here's the cool thing, funny thing is we love Chandler and love the album and reached out and said, Hey man, come on the show and talk to us about it. And he's like, man, I'm in New York and he's in New York and he's like, all right, well here, let me run to the car, get my laptop out. Let's chat. And so what you're going to hear is a recording. Uh, it was recorded in Chandler Moore's car in New York City. I think he was at a theme park or something. Um, and uh, it's funny. So that's why the audio is a little different. And uh, we, we'll post the video of this conversation on uh, Relevant's uh, YouTube channel. So you can watch it and sit in Chandler Moore's car with him. That's essentially what we're saying. All right. Here's part of our conversation with Maverick City Music's Chandler Moore. Your love for me, oh, the joy of my salvation. 
first of all, tell me, how, how did this even, how did the collab even come together in the first place? So, um, if you remember, uh, me and Chris Brown did a song called Have My Heart. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so what happened was Pastor Furtick sent some Elevation team just to see what Mav was about, just to hang out, mm-hmm. uh, write some songs, just to, you know, see what ha- what was happening. Me and Pastor Furtick have weird connection. It's a very long story, but a very crazy God-ordained thing. Um, but we ended up writing together uh, August of 2020 in the uh, middle of the pandemic. We ended up writing together, uh, coming together, doing some stuff. And the first time, we, what we wrote in August was Jaira. We wrote Jaira in August, uh, me, Naomi, Chris Brown, uh, and Pastor Furtick. And that started just a like conversation of like, man, what could this be like? Uh, we actually wrote two songs that day, Jaira and Shall Not Want. We want we wrote in the same setting. Oh man, um, Shall Not Want's on the album. It was it's a beautiful thing, man. And I think the product. Uh, I'm very proud of how it came out. Like I, I don't think I could be any more proud of what it's doing. The records is break. I mean, it. We broke a U.S. record for most streamed, you know, streams in one day. Uh, Did you really for any Christian? For any Christian group, isn't that crazy? Are you serious? I had not heard that. That's crazy. Congratulations, man! What a cool feel. Like that's a that's a really cool thing to be able to hang your hat on. That's awesome. Yeah, I think for for me, it's less. I think for most of us, it's it's less about like, oh man, we're breaking records. It's more about man, it's having an impact. Like what we sought out to do and what we feel like the Lord was getting behind, it really was Him. Like it really was Him impressing upon us to keep hanging keep building relationship keep writing songs so it's uh it's just like a reward of all the sacrifice Is it ever an audience thing? Because like some people are writing for you know Becky in Des Moines, Iowa, and then some people are writing for Atlanta or for Brooklyn or for Los yeah. Angeles. I feel like that would create that could be kind of an interesting thing too. Because some people are like, well, at my church they would never say something like that. You know, we just don't do that, and I think that would be kind of tough to work with. Exactly, it's very, very even with uh, even with Jira, like Jira. I mean, you've never heard. You know, and Pastor Fred was like, he's like, wait, did you just sing Jaira? Like, is that what you just said? He's like, have you ever seen that? I was like, no. He's like, let's put it in the song. And it was, it was his appreciation yeah. of how yeah, different yeah, yeah. it was and how it has not been incorporated in the space. So I feel like well, the way we do stuff, the way we write wouldn't work for people who are trying to protect their world. Who are trying mm. to protect huh. their sphere? Who are trying to protect their uh, what the chair tradition? What they have always experienced? But I think it always it works for people who are open and ready to be like, "Yo, I know we do it like this, but we need something new. Let's tear down the walls. Let's break those rules and see what happens." You know, when we welcome another uh, another type or taste into this space, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like in your experience, is that something that 
do you think there's hope that churches are getting better about that spirit of protection that a lot of them have? Because I know that's something that a lot of people, a lot of artists uh, who came before you guys have struggled with. Do you think we're moving in the right direction there? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of churches are realizing that this generation uh, is really, I mean, it's really a, a maverick, no pun intended, a maverick in, in generation. Like we're un, Like we don't like the rules. We want to break the rules. We want to um, break the boxes that we originally grew up in or were raised in. And I think for churches to stay relevant, pun intended, I think churches to stay relevant, <laughs> uh, they have to welcome the, uh, the, the stuff that's not normal. They have to welcome the difference. Mm-hmm. They have to welcome mm-hmm. the, Hey, let's look at it this way. I know we looked at it this way, but that's what what is really behind that tradition is it just because we're comfortable doing that or is there something really like so you have to welcome the interruption of that and i think for the churches who don't welcome it i think we see them you'll see them over the next five years just become not relevant like irrelevant and you'll, mm. you'll become faded and outdated because they just didn't welcome you know really what what the lord was doing in this space Something I've noticed with a lot of worship songs is uh, it's they're they're very horizontal. There, here's what God is doing for me. Here's how my life uh, is different because of that, which is fine. You know, there's a place for that. Uh, I've noticed with you guys, it's very different. It's very vertical. It's very it's very you very much you talking to God uh, yeah. about what God is bringing down. It goes back and forth like that. Is that deliberate on you guys' part, or is that just a natural outflowing of your uh, of the Maverick City energy? Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a natural outflowing because we may have, we have some horizontal maybe like out of a bunch of songs maybe like three four uh-huh. but it's just a natural uh-huh. thing because um, you know we love Jesus for real and we we're not just writing songs to make it on charts we're not just writing songs to get all the churches seeing it like we're writing songs that like actually mean something to us and that we actually carry in our hearts. Um, so it's a natural, it's just a natural flow of what's inside of us. And I think one of the reasons why the Lord's like, you know, just the impact that the Lord has given us is because of the, the amount of vertical people, whether people believe it or not, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but people know that they need Jesus. People know that there's something inside more people than not know that there's something in their soul that is longing for Jesus. But there haven't been great that many great songs that express that have language to express what that need is or to even give language to people who may not have grown up in church so i think what we have done what maverick has done is give that permission to people to be like i don't know the perfect words but i know i need jesus i know i need god you know we just express it in the language uh that's that's honest not that's church, not that has been 
religious feel, but that's honest. I think that's why it connects with people's hearts. Cause I was just talking to Jesus. Come over and give it a try. We started talking to Jesus. We started talking to Jesus. We started talking to Jesus. Whoa. That was Chandler Moore. Make sure to check out Old Church Basement. It's the collaboration between Mav City Music and Elevation Worship. It's available wherever you get your music. It's top of all the Christian charts. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant News. If you don't want to fight, then can you look me in the eye? If the window is closed, then the room will get hot. I don't want to pretend that you're on my side. Did you think I forget it? I forget it. I forget it. I forget it. When I'm alone in my head, tossing ten of faces red, I still see you in my bed. I still see you. song you heard during the break is Temperex with You Open a Window. Okay, it's time for Relevant News. Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee, who's going to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Where are you calling us? Where are you coming in from? You look like you're in a cabin yeah. in the woods. What? Where are yeah. you? Yeah, that would be nice. That would be a that would be an improvement. I am I am on assignment. I'm at large right now, and this I'm I am dialing in from Louisville, Kentucky. Ooh. Are you in the Are you in the Louisville. bathroom of a Cracker Barrel? Where are you? Like, what is that room? <laughs> this is I'm at my I'm at my sister and brother in law's house. I am downstairs, okay. and this is I'm, I'm glad that you can't see the ramshackle situation that I've put together to be able to, to talk to you all today if we can't really do a we, we can't really do like a set exposure here it's dedication uh, like a scene reveal but it's a little bit but but it's a little i would say we got some like blur witch project vibes going on outside of the actual video shot we won't, we won't talk about it now I, he's heard some scratching out the window and just choosing not to turn his head <laughs> he is in the deep south yeah. All right. What do you, uh, what's going on this week, Tyler? Well, there's two things I want to cut. The first one is very, very briefly. I do want to address. Last week, we talked about, you'll remember, the, the refugee situation at the border and how many mm-hmm. advocates for refugees had expressed disappointment and frustration that President Joe Biden had not followed through on his promise to raise the refugee ceiling to 62,500. He was going to leave it at the historic low of 15,000. He actually buckled last Friday. He, he changed his tune, uh, largely thanks to Based on reportings, based on uh, based on they they said faith groups. I'm taking that to mean the good folks at Relevant Magazine. How was that? The, the relevant the relevant podcast to yeah, White House pipeline uh, uh-huh. is 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 robust and it is strong and it is direct and it went right to the Oval Office and he said, "Well, we got to get I, I got to get Cameron Strang and the crew off my I back texted up here." So, I texted he, him. so he followed through and uh, instantly signed a memorandum to raise the re- the refugees. Now, just because you raise the ceiling doesn't mean you're automatically going to get 62,500 refugees. That's just saying that's where they stop bringing it in. And in fact, he even kind of said he'd be surprised if we had that number just based on the level of infrastructure currently in place for refugees. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. likely that we'll hit that this fiscal year, but he did follow through on his promise to raise the refugees to that high end, and he plans on raising it even higher in his second fiscal year. So that is a that is a win, and we do want to credit. Uh, we wanted to give you a follow-up on that story. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Awesome. That's good. Great. That's I love lesson. it. I love seeing yeah. that. Be the change you want to see. Let your voice be heard. <laughs> yeah, Stand be, up for what's exactly. right. Go. This is the first administration that I, in my lifetime that seems to really respond to like dogpiling on the internet. In a way, like there's been a few instances so far where people are just like, like Biden just gets ratioed on Twitter and he's like, oh, never mind. Like, that's, that's what I would do, too. It's a new era. It's, it's very exciting. Last segment, J- 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 Tyler, you join, you're joining us after a, 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 yeah. a long conversation about the role of marriage in the church and the theology of, you know, yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Derek said, everybody thinks they're completely right. Just keep it to yourself. Let your weird be your weird and my weird be my weird. And let's just keep chugging along. Right. But in this situation, Derek, I'm actually curious what you think. In this situation, people said, this is right. And that is wrong. We need to change what is wrong. Change the, you know, see it our way. And then, you know, enact change. And and that happened. So what's the line between you have a strong conviction about something keep it to yourself or whatever, or stand up, let your voice be heard and advocate for your point of view. What do you think the balance is? I'm going to say that for me, my personal thing, it's, you know, you have to go where your passions lie. Like Mm. you have to go where your passions lie. Like I'm not, I'm not a person that says, if you have a strong conviction, keep it to yourself. I'm, I mean, you could tell just from my, but Instagram Dominion, they have a strong way, conviction right? about marriage and the role of women in marriage. Dominion has a strong conviction, the the founder of it. And you said, keep it to yourself. And that's absolutely fine. Just as long as you don't try to tell me how to run my marriage, you do your thing over there. Mm-hmm. Right. It becomes an issue when you try to tell me how my marriage is supposed to go. And then you begin to say, well, it's because. God said it. Now, when we're talking about like politics and policy and different things like that, there has to be conflict because there has to be conflict because we're all in this country together. So mm-hmm. at, like, obviously I'm, I'm fighting for, you know, equality for black people. Why? I'm passionate about it. Why? I mean, I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the obvious reason. You're as black as Joe Jonas's hand. Not that black. I'm close. Though, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm clearly black. You feel me? So, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, so for me, it's like, yeah. So I have to now go into a conflict situation with that level of thought. So I'm like, look, hey, you can be as racist as you want. Just don't prevent me from getting my job. Like, I don't like for me, don't don't shoot me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can think I'm whatever you want to think I am. Just don't shoot me. And the laws, if you do shoot me because you don't like me because I'm black or you fear that black people have superpowers all of a sudden when we're got our hands in the air and we're going to disarm you with your gun and point it at us. If you feel that way, like and you do something, there should be laws that hold you accountable for that. But that's that's where for me where the line is. But I, I, I'm also a person that, you know, I don't hold people that aren't necessarily as passionate about black people's rights. I'm not necessarily like, yeah, I'm not going to shame somebody for that because it doesn't affect them. You know, mm-hmm. some kid out in Iowa who's 18 years old that doesn't know anything about uh, the black struggle, like them not understanding that. And them not fighting for that doesn't doesn't it doesn't necessarily bother me. What bothers me is when you get in the way. Right. Mm. So like I'm fighting for something and Mm -hmm. you're in the way. 
It's mm. like, well, now you are on the opposite side of me. So now we have to engage in conflict, right? Mm. That's kind of how I, that's how I look at it though, you know, but yeah. To Derek's point, I think the application of that kind of mindset for issues like, you know, refugees or, or a lot of kind of controversial is, hey, if if person out there, uh, you know, maybe isn't informed about the issue, maybe withhold an opinion about it and and, res- and let people who mm. actually ha- are informed about it be the kind mm. of the leaders in that space. And if you want to educate yourself and become passionate you know, then create an informed opinion. But we live in a space where a lot of people will just, you know, feel an obligated to have an opinion about issues that they don't really haven't educated themselves on. And I, I think that mindset of, look, you, in a democracy, when political leaders that we, that the people, well, at least, you know, hypothetically elect here, uh, you know, I know obviously there's a lot of controversy with people trying to over, you know, Yeah, people didn't elect. Hey, Jesse, just say it. The people didn't elect the current administration. Dominion Dominion voting machines elected. Yeah, Dominion Dominion dating. 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 They did it. To Venezuela, the machine Uh division of Dominion dating, (laughs) which is run by. Yeah, the only reason I say that is obviously you know people are trying to discredit democracy right now. But yeah, my my point is, if anyone who who hasn't who wants to have an opinion about something can have it and can make an impact. But I think to Derek's point, it's pretty good to be informed about what opinions you're passionate about because uh, otherwise you you just get, you know, partisanship or you get people whose opinions are formed by emotions or misinformation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for an issue like you know, the refugee crisis talking to a bipartisan organization like World Relief, who I've known has been spotlighted mm-hmm. and relevant mm-hmm. many times over the years, who, you know, was originally, a, on, uh, you know, a humanitarian arm of the National Association of Evangelicals, uh, or an organization that's typically thought of as, as reasonably conservative when it comes to policy. You know, even mm-hmm. they are raising red flags over refugee limits because they understand the issue and they understand the resources and they understand the impact that they'll have on the world's most vulnerable so i do think making sure that you know for people who want to get involved in stuff having an informed opinion is very very valuable and if you don't have that information maybe withhold the opinion until you get all the facts you know and knowing and knowing also i was gonna say knowing also when to say like having a bit of wisdom to say i'm not an expert here but then also having a, a bit of empathy to say but i do understand so like with the refugee crisis i'll give an example not to say that i'm the the standard as to how do you deal with conflict clearly if you follow me i'm not i'm not the best at it or maybe i'm the greatest at it depending on who who you're talking to but i'll say this i don't know much about the refugee crisis I don't know much about it at all, but I know that there are people that are extremely passionate about that. Right. So I'm not going to take my uninformed opinion and say that, hey, are you people arguing over that? This is how it should actually go. Right. I'm going to sit back and say, you know what? How can I help? Right. So if if someone comes to me and says, hey, this is the crisis that's happening we need your help in this way. Okay, how can I help? I'll sit back and do that. But I think that what you look at with Christians is they go and they go look, they go, you know, 
take the Bible, thump, close their eyes and thumb through it and then take in and take one scripture and then make a whole theology based off of that scripture. Just like with this dominion dating thing again, it's like you take something about dominion that's talking about mankind having dominion over the earth and you twist that to make it sound like it's men should have dominion over women and everything else. It's like that comes from an uninformed, arrogant perspective. Like it sounds like people should get a little bit more informed, but if you're going to be a fool, just be a fool where you at. Don't be a fool over here. Don't get in the way of me. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but cause uh, I, it, to me, Tyler mentioned, this is true. It was faith groups. And like Jesse re- referenced world relief and, and a is faith groups because of how they interpret scripture. They believe mm-hmm. that scripture mandates that we take in refugees, that, that that's Christ's admonition. That's scriptural admonition. And they can take those scriptures and say, this is why Christians should stand for refugees. And then we need to advocate our government to enact policies that would reflect those values. That is literally no different than homeboy reading Dominion scripture and has a strong conviction about it saying this is the biblical way that marriage should be. And everybody should actually do this because this is what the Bible says. Everybody should view refugees this way because this is what the Bible says. It's it's actually parallel. No, it's, it's not. No. Okay. It's not. Tell me. How is that not parallel? Because the slippery slope here is... If 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 it's everybody take their convictions and make everybody do their thing, then now mm-hmm. what we're saying is dominion because they read the Bible, got some scriptures and said that they should be able to uh, that that all marriage should be this way. Now we're going to get them to go enact policies to where Jamie has to stay at home. She can't be on I, the relevant podcast. I bet that's what right? he ultimately and, wants. I bet he would exa- absolutely and, and love I'm them. Saying, and I'm and I'm saying that that's foolish. Right. I I feel like that's foolish. But at the same time, I'm cool as long as you don't get in the way of my marriage that way. Exactly. Now, if you're talking about the refugee, if you talk about the refugee Uh crisis, we're Uh talking about a we're not talking about we're talking about a public policy issue Mm -hmm. that is influenced with a level of morality. But it's hey, the policy was this. We were taking in this amount of refugees. Right. Mm -hmm. We're taking in less amount of refugees. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, hey. Why are we taking in less like that? That's not a hey, every person in America needs to bring a refugee into their home like that's different. You see what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians are wanting their Christian beliefs to be legislated. That is true. So, you know, I just think it's funny that we're applauding the faith groups that got their theologically based conviction about refugees legislated. We're applauding it. But there's a lot of fringe Christians that would love to squash certain people groups and whatever because of their right. theological beliefs. You know so what, what I mean? I, so what I, yeah. So what I'm saying is again, so if we go back to, and if you go back to my original point, I'm saying for me, I said, maybe I'm jaded. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm jaded and maybe I'm detached or whatever, but I'm like, for me, like I've got to the point where I've been in so many different conflicts through my years as an artist, like, when I first started, you had to be a Calvinist to be a Christian rapper. Like, so at one point it's Calvinist versus Arminianism. So I'm battling people over the five points of Calvinism for two years, like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? And then you go from there and then now I'm battling, then now I'm battling different stuff. Like, it's like, I've got to a point where, and, and when I think about it, like when I look at those kind of frivolous battles, they mm-hmm. were useless. Like I am no better off 
And nobody at battle was no better off over that. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I'm saying, like, I've got to the point where barring it's something that 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 is a gross moral issue that I'm informed about. I'm just like, if it's somebody that's like, man, I want my wife to stay at home. I'm not going to argue with nobody over whether that's right or wrong. That's your decision in your house. And if you feel like the Bible tells you that that's how that's supposed to go, by all means, do that as far as me and my crib though. What about polygamy? Hey, but that's I, against I, like, God's word. Polygamy, no, poly, polygamy is in the Bible. But that's so, not how that's not how God intended marriage to be, though. I know all those people doing polygamy were sinning. And I'm saying, look, I'm saying, well, that's hard. That's a hard case to make because Abraham, who's the father of our faith, and 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 Jacob, who's the father of our faith, were both polygamous. So I'm not but saying none of them are Jesus. Whether it's a whether it's a sin, whether it's a sin, but Jesus will also they almost stoned, they almost stoned Jesus for saying what well, they tried to stone Jesus for saying he was greater than Abraham. Before Abraham, I will I am. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is so that that means that as far as the faith is concerned, Abraham is a patriarch of our faith. So I'm saying as far as polygamy is concerned. If you gonna have five wives, you do you. It sounds stressful to me. I'm but, not you know. gonna have five wives. Ah. I'm gonna have my one. I'm I'm struggling just with the one. Like Keep you know what I'm one. saying? I, yeah. I can't do mother Mother's Day gifts for five people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't do birthday gifts for five people, bro. I, look, I go broke. I got to work. She, you know what I'm saying? So you know, uh, like, just, Jesse, you want to land the plane here because we actually got to wrap up relevant news. We got a lot to cover. And Tyler oh said God. four sentences, didn't even get to what he was going to bring today. He set off the I bomb. Brought, <laughs> I brought a whole. Hey, next time, that's just that'll be icing next week. If you guys are okay, <laughs> if you guys are okay, I'm going to avoid any sort of, uh, uh, you know, discussion about the theological appropriateness of pol- polygamy. And polygamy. I will say, <laughs> I will say, yeah, but obviously the Dominion thing, uh, there, there is a difference between, you know, some private company doing something that ultimately would be between consent, hopefully, you know, hopefully kind of consenting parties that would use that app. And public policy that affects people who have no voice. You know, the people who want to use Dominion app can use it and they have a voice. But the the, the people that are, you know, among, who were vetted by the State Department and numerous organizations to be a part of the refugee program, if you're curious how this works, Go to World Relief. They have some great resources so you can understand not just the security aspect of this, but also the resources that they have at hand ready to help these people with. These are the most vulnerable. They have no voice. If you're interested in being a voice for the voiceless, then get educated about the issue and make an informed prayerful decision based on actual data, not misinformation, not emotions, and not partisanship. Because these people are the most vulnerable on the planet right now. And anything we can do to help them well, it, it is good. And so, uh, you know, that would, that, that's, that's what I would say to that. Some would say that the unborn are the most vulnerable on the planet, but I'm just saying that's another, bro, that's why, another, that's a relevant, you are spicy today, bro. That's Cameron another relevant news this morning. Tune in next week. We'll debate abortion law. No, <laughs> <laughs> you are spicy. Like just cause, cause Jamie keeps talking about singleness and it's just making me all in my head. And I'm all alone and God's not no, pleased with you're that. Not. There's nothing wrong and, with being single. And, and I'm not fulfilling God's calling in my life by not being married. And, you know, I just That's you know. So, that, you. so that what you need to do is become a polygynist is what you need to do. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around one. <laughs> yeah. alone. I have five. I have a short term solution to 
the lack mm. of, you know, physical yeah. companionship. Yes. And <laughs> let's just say this. I signed you up to get a couple Joe Jonas hands. And, you know, <laughs> you can oh, single. Hey, single Christian guys little, do not need more hands. This is going to go downhill real quick. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I was trying to say. <laughs> so a hand to hold. Not, uh, <laughs> okay. Clark, Clark, play the relevant This is in the game. I'm ripping the parachute cord. Just, hey, just trash this one. Just trash this one, Clark. He goes, send you more hands. I don't know. Chris is single men. That is not what you said. To hold. Kevin, if you want to go on a walk. If you want to go on a walk and hold a hand, Joe Jonas would love to. He would love to. He would hold your hand. He would hold your hand. Walk around Lake Eola with Joe Jonas's severed hand. All right. Well, thanks, Tyler, for uh, calling in. This is the, the best South. show we've recorded. It no. is not good for men to, to for it is not good for humanity to be alone. Therefore, I am giving them the hand of Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not the. It's not like a rib. It is a hand, and it is a, of a miraculous creation. Jojo Jonas Jr. Here's his hand. You making it? You making it worse? Uh, hey, for, for actual relevant news, follow us on all the socials uh, every day, all day. We're covering what's happening at the intersection of faith, culture, justice. Uh, don't miss it. Relevantmagazine.com. A lot of new uh, design updates, some new some new things happening over at Relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out. Follow us. Relevant news. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, John Acuff joins us. listening to yeek the song is overthinking well if you've been following along for a little more than a month now we've been doing a new content series called quarter life specifically focused on the issues and topics you're tackling in your 20s everything from career to faith relationships mental health wellness and so much more from well-known authors entrepreneurs faith leaders and others we're doing this series to encourage and inspire you to make the most of your 20s the series has a new article over at relevantmagazine.com every Tuesday and Thursday right now, and a conversation with leaders and influencers here on the podcast. It's going to be running for 12 weeks this spring. We hope you go check it out. You can also, uh, when you're at the Quarter Life section, you can download for free our new Quarter Life Handbook ebook. It's really cool. Uh, it's advice um, for from leaders ranging from like Scott Harrison to Shauna Nequist and so many more. It's an amazing ebook uh go check that out in the quarter life section at relevant quarter life is sponsored by it's presented by uhsm uh, as you're kind of rethinking everything in your 20s rethink healthcare as well go check out what uhsm is doing it's revolutionary and we appreciate their support making quarter life possible well for our quarter life conversation today our guest is john acuff a longtime friend of the show He's a New York Times bestselling author and speaker who's spoken to hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Well, his new book is called Soundtracks, and it teaches 20-somethings how to stop overthinking and start taking control of our thoughts, uh, teaching our inner voice to encourage us to pursue our passion. Here's part of our conversation with John Acuff.
define some terms for me here. When we say overthinking, what's the what's what's the metric that we're using there? The definition there is overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. Uh, so okay. your thoughts okay. get in the way of what you want. And the easiest way to kind of differentiate it, because a common question is, well, how do I know if I'm overthinking versus I just like to be prepared? Or how do I know if I'm overthinking versus I'm detailed, I'm organized, whatever. Here's how you know. Being prepared always leads to an action. It always leads to you doing something. Overthinking always leads to more overthinking. Mm. That's how you tell mm. the difference. So like, be prepared, be detailed, be organized, be analytical. But I would still say, well, what did that turn into? Oh, it turned into me launching the podcast, writing the book, getting the job raised. If you say, I've been working on a book for 11 years, I would go, I think you might be overthinking it because they don't take... 11 years. Like they really, like they really don't. And so that's the big difference. Um, and my thing was, I, there was a bunch of great books about it, about the topic, but most of them say, stop it, stop it, stop it. And I kept thinking, why would I ever turn off this amazing thinking machine? I'm very good at thinking. What if I just fed it with thoughts that pushed me forward, not thoughts that pulled me back? Like, what if I could figure out how to tap into the power of my overthinking just instead of shaming myself for every time I do it? Like, can I figure out how to choose what to think? And that's that's at the heart of the book is that most people don't understand they can choose their thoughts, they can work on their thoughts. They think a thought is something you have, not something you hone. And when you realize, oh no, I get to choose the thoughts I have, which end up choosing the actions and choosing the results, like it changes everything. And that's what's been really fun. So how do you, where's that? It's not obviously as simple as just flipping a switch. Like, oh, I'm going to start thinking of it. So what, what sort of disciplines are we talking about here that need to be implemented? So a really simple one. So the heart of the book is just three R's. I'm a pastor's kid. So I, I love alliteration. Like I can't get away from alliteration. So the heart of the book is this, you retire your broken soundtracks. And a, re- and a soundtrack is just my phrase for a repetitive thought. So some people say a thought is a leaf on a river or a cloud in the sky, car on a highway. I say it's a soundtrack. It's something and it tends to play automatically in the background of your life that actually ends up shaping your life. So you retire the broken ones, you replace them with new ones, and you repeat the new ones so often they become automatic. And so if somebody said, okay, how do I even find a a, a broken soundtrack? The easiest way is write down something you want to do. I want to write a book. I want to ask for a raise. I want to ask that person out. I want to move to Nashville. Write down something you want to do and then listen to your first reaction. Because every reaction is an education. Um, An example of that would be, I talked to somebody the other day and they said, um, I got fired years ago and every time I see a door closed on a meeting I'm not invited in, I think I'm going to get fired. And that happened five years ago. And so I always say overthinking steals time, creativity, and productivity. There's a very simple example. 10 minutes a day, every time you see a door close, multiplied over years, that person has lost years of really great creativity to imagining I'm about to be fired. And so you find that soundtrack and go, okay, that's not one I want to have. What can I replace it with? How do I repeat it to make it automatic? Is there any part of this that involves like learning how to think more in terms of positive affirmation type thoughts? What's that look like? So the funny thing was we never found somebody in the research who overthought compliments about themselves. <laughs> no one was like, my big problem is I think I'm such a good yeah, dad. Yeah, like yeah. that's my big issue. Like I, I'm constantly telling myself I'm a great husband. It's a real hassle. So yeah, um, there's so much, there's reams of research about the words you put in your head, the thoughts you put 
put into your head. The positivity, like there was a study that came out um, that UT did about even just hearing positive news versus negative news for five minutes a day changes your belief in the world. Five minutes a day. And you go, I was talking to somebody today about this very study. And we hear like, who here only looks at Twitter for five minutes a day? Like nobody. Like, so the things you put into your head and the affirmation, whether you say, you know, affirmations, declarations, pep talk, whatever, the thoughts you have have physical ramifications on how your life goes. That was John Acuff. Make sure to check out his new book, Soundtracks, The Surprising Solution to Overthinking, wherever books are sold. And to read more of that conversation, go check out the Quarter Life section at relevantmagazine.com. Again, Quarter Life is presented by UHSM. Okay, stay tuned. Up next, it's What's Jesse Thinking? Moving up the coastline Making deals Selling This week on Relevant Recommends, we're talking about The Crime of the Century, HBO's new four-part docuseries about how America's devastating opioid crisis was not only tolerated, but manufactured by Purdue Pharma and the people who raked in the profits of a substance they knew was addictive, exploiting it in a way no morally different than back alley drug dealing. You can read about that and other pop culture stuff that should be on your radar over at RelevantMagazine.com. listening to middle kids the song is cellophane brain okay it's time for what's jesse thinking oh i'm excited for this segment i ain't gonna even lie <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> jesse what are you thinking about this week i i think i'm glad i don't care about people coming at me at twitter anymore i don't care guys so this episode's gonna be just fine this is the kind i used to have anxiety about like What's going to happen when this one goes out in the wild? I need a Joe Jonas hand to hold. I'm very anxious right now. <laughs> it's going to be, this, but I still care about that, that kind of thing. I just don't. And so, uh, yep. so what I'm actually thinking about is not that. I'm thinking about, <laughs> by the way, you guys can humor me, but I know all of our minds are still back thinking about Jonas hands. So <laughs> two seconds ago, yeah. I, well, I can see all of your faces, and you're staring at me like you jerk, like you are an immature brat. Jesse, Why you are said you part literally, of this? Hey, Cameron, I'm going to help you get through your singleness by sending you an extra hand, and it's just for like companionship. For I companionship. Know, I'm just saying that's not the comfort I'm that I need. While you're going on a long drive, hold a Joe Jonas hand, okay? That's all. That, do you do you do whatever you want. My face hurts. Take it up. Take it up with Expedia because there's a couple Joe Bro hands coming to your house right now. What you do from there is your business, not mine. I was just saying, if you're like watching hoops tonight and you get really excited and you want to high five somebody, you got a Joe Jonas oh, hand. See, that's the thing I miss about marriage is that I don't have anybody to high five enough. Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay, so what are you thinking about this week for real? Poof. Man, <laughs> I 
I am ah! thinking, guys, we'll see if this even works, okay? Because you guys have taken these discussions, and all of a sudden, I thought I was going to be talking about Joe, bro, a wholesome conversation about Jonas Brothers' hands. All of a sudden, we're talking about polygamy, doing God knows what with Joe Jonas' hands. We're talking about partisanship. This is, this, is, this is like, this is so saccharine that people are going to be like, oh, I guess we'll, we'll, land the, we'll end the show like this. This is throw awesome. the podcast away. No. Y'all about to get us blown up on Twitter. We're I'm done. Glad I'm not this, on Twitter. This is over. We're blown up. It's okay. Over. Here's what, this is like a too hot for TV. This is like a morning radio. For some reason, we became like a Howard, <laughs> it's like a Howard Stern episode. Okay. Oh, Christian Howard Stern. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, the, 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 it's Jamie. It sounds like the Dominion folks are going to have a field day on their pod with this one. <laughs> no, I can't wait. I was thinking we need to, we need to really rethink the Oscars here because hmm. do you guys see that the Oscars were on like a week ago and like four people a, watched? It was like the Tuesday, lowest yeah. rated ever, and a lot of it had to do with not last a lot of year was really, the lowest ever, and this was forty percent of last year. It was yeah, like yeah, nobody was watched, Re- remarkably yeah. low. And, and a lot of yeah. people have said, "Well, hey, a lot of things are having low ratings, you know, because." of the pandemic just people's NBA viewing habits is. are different yeah. yeah and and you know not a lot of people got to see the oscar movies this year uh because they they didn't have like a lot not a lot of big movies were even released to theaters there was a lot of smaller films that were less accessible accessible so there's a lot of things to blame but the ceremony itself was directed by steven soderbergh or or produced by steven soderbergh who i love i think is a fantastic filmmaker but he, he stripped I don't know. he stripped who the show he? So Steven Soderbergh, he's done the Oceans movies. He's done, oh. uh, yeah. I mean, he's a really high, he did High Flying Bird. He's a very experimental filmmaker. He's always jumping lanes, trying new things. Very interesting hmm. guy. Um, but he wanted to try something totally new with the Oscars this year, and he stripped it of all clips and basically all jokes. So it was really? a very kind of uh, uh, formal type of ceremony where it, you know, they didn't play off anyone. People could talk. He 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 ended playoff music. Um, um, he also just made some curious decisions by switching up the order. It was a very formal and very, very boring ceremony. So I had a couple ideas. I was thinking about some ideas to to make the Oscars ceremony itself more interesting and watchable because I didn't, like I watched for like 10 minutes. I'm like, this is going to be a snooze the whole time. And I was totally right. So yeah. you do this a lot. You've done this with sports, like boring sports. You and like, you, you, yeah. you pitched you know, ideas to make baseball more like the old MTV rock and jock yeah. kind of. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you've got, you're you're talking now, you want to fix the Oscars the way fix you the have Oscar. fixed first off, sports. All first right. off, who's the show for? Is it for a few hundred people who work at big Hollywood studios? Because last time I checked, the casual viewer does not care who be- who won best background sound design in a short <laughs> film this year. I'm sorry, background sound designers for short films. I'm glad you're getting recognized by your colleagues, but the but yeah. 25 million Americans don't really care. Don't take yeah. it personal because they don't really <laughs> care about most people's jobs. So right. just be glad you're getting an award. Instead, pop in best blooper of the year. That's what people want to see. Play a blooper reel right in the middle of the Oscars. Whenever there's a blooper like, reel. Are you I talking mean, about from like deleted scenes? Like the deleted yes. scenes bonuses okay. on a DVD? You know, one of my favorite things is when a movie fires up a blooper reel at the end of it, at the end credits, mm. like mm. it's it like the old Jackie Chan movies with his bad yeah. stunt, like when a stunt goes wrong. Yes. I didn't know they did that. The That's cool. It's, it's yeah. the best part. It's like, like an, in Hangover at the end, which is yes. really bad it's at like the It's like when you're about to, or, or, or like when you're leaving like a Will Ferrell, Wait, like one of the like Adam this McKinney. Is real, 
real clear, we need to know, our listener needs to know that Jamie Ivey officially endorses you to go watch The Hangover if you haven't seen it yet. Hey, because she loves the end credits. credits. No children allowed. It is bad. <laughs> Look, if they've made it this far into this podcast, The Hangover will not offend them. That's and exactly that's right. That's and, I have, and I have a job. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, the, the, other, the other thing, too, is like the, the big uproar was Anthony Hopkins won uh, Best Male Actor Award mm-hmm. for a film that basically, and I'm not disparaging Anthony Hopkins, but even he said he probably shouldn't have won. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the wide consensus was Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick yeah. Boseman, should have won that award. So my suggestion, live so American they, Instead, they gave style. it to an 80-year-old white man. So, yeah. Way to be in touch with the what? times. Who, who, who went on Instagram and said, Chadwick Boseman deserved this award. Like, even even the winner of it conceded. Live American Isle style or like, remember, okay, remember on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when they would like say, hey, poll the audience and you can see a live vote? Right, yes. Oh. Forget the Academy. Let everyone in the room or let viewers vote live on who wins. What if you had them all stand up there and then one at a time they had to walk off the stage? That would be so shameful. That's terrible. Yes. I don't endorse it. I'm just saying. Your head's where I was thinking, Jamie. <laughs> so you want to turn the Oscars into who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, more more like a reality, more like a reality dating show where people are slowly shamed throughout. <laughs> Jesse, don't you remember early Netflix? They had the audience rating on it, right? Now yep. they do it based on what they think you'll like and they do yeah. on tomatoes, but they they had an Netflix audience rating for everything. And yeah. what we learned was people have terrible taste and like, you know what I mean? So they, they ditched it because the ratings are so bad and you want to turn that over. You want to turn the Oscars over to people. <laughs> Not only that, I want all the nominees on stage and I want them one by one <laughs> voted off. I wanted a slow, painful process. And when it's they're like voted survivor. off, listen, when they're voted off, they must we'll leave the, the, the Jamie Ivy process. They That's... must leave the theater. They are escorted. They have to leave the actual event. Like they, they're gone. <laughs> shamefully, shamefully. Like on yes. old David Letterman where they have to go out the side door and they're in the street. Yeah. And, right and the camera, and there's a corner. There's a camera in the corner, just following people out all the time. And there's a bellhop just getting Ubers, just sending. Sorry, Clooney, peace out. Your movie sucked. Like that's what the people. You're telling me you wouldn't watch that? Everyone in America would go to see these celebrities who everyone you know wait, just bows wait, down to worship like all the time. No, no, no. And it's like the Bachelor, where they, when they're driving away, the camera's yeah. in the limo with them, and they're having to talk about losing and getting kicked off the show. This is so also like, that show where they all live in the house what is that reality show i haven't seen it forever so you know, like they all the live flavor in- flave show all of no. them no <laughs> yeah they're all, big like, they all live in a house big brother oh big brother okay how, how about this one how about this one we, we go more bachelor bachelorette style where all the nominees line up and last last year's winner has like an oscar in their hand and he's they're like oh. looking at okay sound designer no yours was terrible <laughs> i'm sorry it just didn't work out you're gonna have to go home and I then like they're just it. shamefully escort all of America to watch. It'd be the greatest ceremony of all time. There's nothing preventing Hollywood from doing this. It would be fantastic. You did it your way Just and you had the lowest you had the <laughs> lowest ratings ever. Come to our level now, okay? How'd that work out, Soderbergh? Come down to our level. We like trashy reality. So America basically says to the to the Academy we we gave you a good run. Now we're going to fix you. Like you ruined you were taking it back. I like it. Isn't that what the People's Choice Awards is? Isn't that what the MTV Awards Too is? Safe. Though? I mean, Too like, safe. More? No, no, no. They're right. not shaming people publicly. Like the. That's, but, that's what America wants. These celebrities taking down just a notch. Nothing personal. 
Nothing personal. So much. But this Celebrities is a contest too, here. Jesse. Let's not act like this isn't a contest and it's a zero sum game. It's one winner. You know, let's just lean into that aspect of this. That's all. So like let's it. fix it. We used to do Oscars.biz. It used to be a big deal. Okay. We used we to did. celebrate this moment in For culture. Now nobody cares. If I said, hey, we're going to do Oscars.biz, they'd be like, what is that even based on? It's an award ceremony no one cares about. I actually watched it because my son is into movies and he watched them all. So we watched it together. So I saw this, what you're talking about. It wasn't that good. Do you agree? Do you agree? I do agree. And they did the best picture, not the last award. There were other awards after that. I was like, this is weird. Usually that's like the the awards after the best picture. Best actor and best uh, actress. Best actress. Yeah. And and, and Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there to receive uh, the award. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You did it. You tried it your way, Hollywood. Just trust us. People are going to love this. <laughs> hey, if anybody has experience, you know, for 10 years, we did the Oscars.biz awards. People we did the Oscars it. to fit, to fill in the gaps of what the Oscars left out. And yeah, I, last week, remember, I mentioned uh, on the show uh, downwiththemac.com, right? Yeah. So yeah. the podcast goes out and I quickly had to throw together downwiththemac.com. So I logged in our Squarespace account. And what did I find, Jesse? Old Oscars.biz designs that we did over the years. I was, and we I live would, in our, our glory. I would love, to, I would love to bring them back. But unfortunately, people don't care about the Oscars. If maybe next year <laughs> we, can, we can dust it off. If well, the, Jesse, the Academy gets their, their act together. Here's the hope. We got to Biden next. We're getting to the Oscars. So there's yeah, that. Academy, right. that's right. We did it, Joe. All right. This website is amazing, by the way, bro. I just went to it again because I saw it on my phone, but now I'm at my browser. It's like this website is good design. I was like, I was like, oh crud! I got to put a website there. I told the public that there's gonna be a website. Now I got to go make a website. See, that's called that's why I do that a lot. Like I'm lazy if I can be, so I'll put like. I'll say it. We're doing this. And then I have to do it. You know what I mean? So, right. Otherwise I wouldn't do anything. All right. That'll do it for. What's Jesse thinking? Huh? Well, many thanks to Chandler Moore from Maverick City Music for joining us today, taking time out of his vacation in New York City to chat with us. Make sure to check out uh, their collaboration album, live album with Elevation Worship. It's called Old Church Basement. It's available wherever you listen to music. Also, thanks to John Aka for joining us for the Quarter Life Conversation. To see more of that, head over to RelevantMagazine.com and check out the Quarter Life section. And like I mentioned earlier, while you're at Quarter Life, make sure to grab our new free ebook, the Quarter Life Handbook. It's a free download. It features amazing insight and practical advice from leaders like Shauna Nequist, Christine Kane, Scott Harrison, many more. It's an amazing resource and it's available just like uh, Quarter Life is available Thanks to UHSM. Go check it out. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to not miss a thing on the Relevant homepage. You can sign up for our new daily newsletter, bringing you the top five trending stories from Relevant every morning. Uh, don't miss it. It's great. And, and head over to the faith section. Check out our new daily devotional series, Deeper Walk. It's presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can get, a new daily devotional podcast. It's awesome. Um, love Deeper Walk. Go check it out. Well, and you know what? While you're at the site, you might notice a few changes. Uh, We have been having a lot of fun updating some things. Uh, This very podcast has a brand new look, a brand new logo. Um, You'll start seeing it roll out more and more with social media and our videos that we're going to be doing or are doing. Um, But yeah, we have a new cover, a new logo. We've, uh, for the first time, I think it's about been five years since we updated the logo, the Realm Podcast. Um, 
excited about that. And a lot of changes over at relevantmagazine.com. Um, we're adding new features to the front page and updating the look and have some big, 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 big plans for digital media that we're going to be uh, creating this summer. I uh, can't wait for y'all to see everything that's in store, but we're just doing a little refresh, a little, a little housekeeping uh, for now to uh, kind of buy us some time while we're working on the big stuff behind the scenes. It's really exciting. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse and sorry for anything that may have offended anyone. I'm wearing a sorry episode. shirt right now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry for this episode, everyone. Uh, I'm Jamie Ivey and I have a job and opinions and don't cook. And she also endorses the hangover. <laughs> I'm Derek Miner and I'm selling I'm sorry shirts at DerekMiner.com. Go oh, get he, he actually really is. You, you, I'm wearing it right now. Because I'm probably going to get fired from here. It's- hey, it, I'll, I'll mention one more too. I'm actually yeah, yeah. in possession of several, uh, don't ask how I got them, but there's several exact replicas of Joe Jonas's hand. So if you're and- single and need companionship, Jesse will send you. I was thinking, if Cameron, that's where your filthy mind went. Mine went, maybe there's like a, an enterprising glove maker that wants to make a custom set for Joe Jonas, the exact specifications of his hand. An enterprising I have what? a model for him. He said huh? glove maker. I thought he oh. said love maker. I thought he said love maker. What's an enterprising love maker? What are you going to say? enterprising love maker. Who would even talk I'm like that? I'm single. I don't know what that is, Jesse. Glove. Glove maker. A, a person who makes gloves for people's hands. I was saying they could use it as a mold to make a custom pair and send it to Joe Jones. You guys are horrible. We'll see you next week, everyone. Stop the show. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Jojo Joseph Jonas. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.